Hi guys, I'm Joe Katz and welcome to the Katz Walk. I'm so excited. I have got a sports figure on today. I've got Alex Madison. He is the 2020 running back for the Minnesota Vikings and he has got some great stories growing up in California and working his way up to the NFL. So many really interesting details that happened to him in his life that he's gonna share in this interview. He also started a clothing line called I Am Gifted, which has so much deep meaning to him. So many great stories he's gonna share. We also play a game called Do You Know? It's a competition where he asks me, do I know what a touchdown is? And I ask him what some of the latest fashion trends are. You're going to see who wins the game. So stay tuned. Alex Madison, thank you so much for joining. How are you? Of course. Thank you for having me on. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Did you just come in from practice or where? Yeah. Where, wow. <laughs> yeah, we just That's finished up about 30, 35 minutes ago. So not too long. Yeah, I, I did too. I just came in from practice too, having a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it was so hard. You have no idea. I was I'm exhausted. Very strenuous activity. It was. I'm like, you have no idea. But, you know, whatever. So, um, and didn't you just have surgery? Yeah. Um, was that not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before? So about almost two weeks ago now. And coming, up on, coming up on two weeks. And you're okay? Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling great. Everything went smooth. So I'm doing great. Good. I had the same thing. And I went to the doctor and I was like, God, my stomach hurts. And he's like, yeah. hmm. He's like, let me see. And so then he pressed, he's like, let's just get like a scan just to make sure. Mm -hmm. And then I went for the scan and they're like, you can't leave. And I'm like, I want to leave. And they're like, you can't leave. <laughs> and I'm like, why? They're like, because you have to have surgery today. Exactly how it was. Was it? Yeah, that's exactly. It, it was one of those, but mine was like really, really bad pain. And, and I was sitting in meetings and I was just, it wouldn't stop. And so I uh, went to the trainers and then my body just, everything, I tried to drink some water. I tried to drink a little bit of Pepto-Bismol, a little bit of Pedialyte. Every time I drank a little bit of something, it made me throw up. And so we ended up getting a scan and uh, it was the same situation. They just woke me on up and got me ready for surgery. Oh my God. Oh, so you just thought maybe you had like a uh, upset stomach or sick or? Uh, at first, like in the morning, I thought that might've been what it was, but as the day kept going, I mean, I only lasted maybe until nine, 10 o'clock in the morning, as far as like how my morning went, but mm -hmm. the pain just kept getting worse within those like two hours. Mm -hmm. And it's just like something just churning inside my stomach. And so we finally got the scan and glad we did and glad we caught it and everything went smooth. Yeah. Because if you don't, I mean, it's like, that's why they're always like, if, if they know it's there, they like emergency do it because they don't want it to burst or yeah. Mm -mm. Well, thank goodness. Otherwise this interview yeah. would never have happened, Alex. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad to have you on the show. I've, uh, I've done some different research. We have so much to talk about and, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to just start just for the audience to really understand like, where did Alex grow up and where did, where is he from? And I know, wasn't it San Bernardino you grew up in, right? Yeah. And yeah. I'm in LA, so we were neighbors. Yeah, right down the street, basically. <laughs> yeah, we're down the street, just a little ways. I've learned a little bit about you, but I'd love to just um, hear like 
how you grew up and, you know, what you went through and, you know, how you got to where you are right now. And just give some of our listeners a little bit of a background. Okay. Yeah. So I grew up in San Bernardino. I was born and raised in San Bernardino, California. Um, I have two older brothers that are fraternal twins where they're a year and eight months older than me. So we're pretty close in age. And so, uh, you know, just growing up with, uh, with the household of my older brothers and my mom and dad. And really a lot of our family was, is back in Ohio and then a little bit of family in Texas. So my only immediate family that we had was my, my dad's sister, um, and their immediate household. So my cousins and my, my uncle and aunt. And so we grew up in a, a tight knit family, just, you know, everything was family first and, um, raised in a home of, of good faith. So, um, going through, Growing up in San Bernardino, um, you you know I'm in a city where I'm surrounded by drugs and gang violence, and uh, you know you you lose friends, you lose people left and right um, as I grew up. So uh, it's just one of those things where we stayed strong in faith and strong together. And um, I'm here today because of the family and the, the support system that I have, and um, it's really a strong community as far as uh, people really being passionate about making it a better environment. So, you know, I've, I can give credit to so many different people, so many different mentors as I grew up, um, helping me stay on the right track and, and making sure that I, I had my, my head on straight. Who mentored you when you say mentors? Is it teachers or was it your... Football coaches and a, a few teachers that I can name as well that I remember that were uh, really just awesome to have, whether it was for a year or um, even just after having a teacher, just being able to see them on campus and talk to them um, as I got older was something that um, I always cherish too. But yeah, there's so many different uh, people in my life that have been, um, you know, on the school board or um, some teachers and some coaches that I've had that have helped me grow um, along with my family into the person I am today. How do you, you know, growing up in San Bernardino where there is like violence and gangs and stuff, how do you, I'm sure like, did you have friends that were part of it and stuff like that? I've had a handful of friends go down the wrong path. Yeah. And how do you stay out of it? How do you not get involved? Because I would think it would be like tempting in a way, like if your friends, you know, were doing it or stuff like that. The way my parents raised me, I was more... Uh, and the mindset of being a leader than a follower um, and the aspect of trying to get them to do what's right and trying to, you know, I had so so strong uh, morals and values as far as uh, being strong in faith and, and my parents didn't allow C's in the house. So, um, you know, homework had to be done before I could even practice all of that stuff that I was raised on. Um, and just seeing, you know, friends going down the wrong path that my parents tried to uh, make sure I wouldn't go down so, so much that I was trying to help them, you know, trying to reach out and, and pull them along with me. And, you know, you can only do that for so long. You can only do that um, so much to a certain extent where either they, they take your hand, your helping hand that you land in, or, you know, they, they see it for a little bit. You know, there's, I've had plenty of friends that have had the little glimpse of hope and like, okay, go down the right path. And then there's their other group of friends on the other side that pull them back the other way. And so, yeah, it's been, a, it's been, uh, uh, I've had many stories of many friends that have either gone the wrong route or um, played that tug of war with their life as far as doing what's right and getting caught up in 
and uh, the other way of life. Did it feel growing up like, did you feel ever a danger or things like that? Yeah. Yeah. I've had plenty of, plenty of times where it was, you know, seeing some things that kids shouldn't see. Um, yeah. It, you grow, growing up a city like that, there's just from, from the things like prostitution and, and all that, that you see on the corners and that you, you know, just drive by and you see it actually happen to, you know, um, other things that are just gruesome and that people shouldn't have to witness. And, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you, um, I, I, I recently kind of come to, came to terms with the fact that, you know, in the back of my head, I always knew what I wanted to do, but I always knew that I could be one of these people that's dead or in jail. And so that's kind of just the mindset that I've had is just super grateful and super blessed to just, just have made it out and be able to be that stronghold in my family and try and help us all get out of there now. Yeah. Is your family still there? I have some family on the outskirts of San Bernardino. Um, my mom's out here with me and one of my other brothers is out here with me. So, Oh, they're uh, all in Minnesota. Yeah. And then my oh. dad's in Texas. So, Oh, nice. We've all kind of branched out a little bit. If a kid maybe is listening right now, what would you say to him that he's being pulled kind of in that direction of maybe the not so good route, but he wants to try to do good, but he wants to be popular and he wants to be in? What what advice would you give him? Um, I would definitely say be a leader, not a follower. Whatever it is that you want to do with your life, whatever even if you don't know what that is, whatever idea comes across your head that you want to do with your life, put some focus and energy into that. Put some focus and energy into your future because at the end of the day, whatever you do now is going to determine your future. And whether that's going down the wrong path or the right path, you have to understand that sacrificing some of those personal wants or or uh, some of those temptations, sacrificing those right now is going to uh, put you in a better position later in life where you can, you know, you can say that I did it. You can say that I made it out. And that's something that I really pride myself in is being able to just say that I can, I can say it. And it's been hard along the way, just losing people that should be here with me today and don't make any decisions that you're going to regret. So if they were like, God, I would love to play in the NFL, but I don't even know if I could ever, I mean, that's like a pipe dream, you know, what would you say? Just stay focused? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, for example, um, let me get a personal story. I started playing when I was six years old and, um, before that I played soccer before that I played T-ball and it was just, you know, I was just playing sports. My, my parents had me in sports and then I, I wanted to play football and I started playing contact football at six years old. And at six years old, I, f- I knew I fell in love with the sport, but nine years old, you know, you start to get the game a little more. You, you know, you're coming back next year, you're coming back next year. There's no stopping to it. Mm-hmm. And um, with that, I say, I come from an area where you're not going to make it. That's like the sentence that you hear most often is you're not going to make it. Most of you aren't going to make it. Most of you are going to end up in jail. Some This small percentage of you will end up dead. This small percentage of you won't go to, you know, will go to college. Like all I've heard all my life in sports and in areas like that was that you won't, you can't, and there's no way. And just to use that as fuel. So if you've ever heard that, if, if you're out there and you ever hear someone that puts you down, talks down on your dreams, keep dreaming, 
and keep believing because at the end of the day, you're the only person that can stop you from achieving what you want to achieve. Wow. So that's how you were raised with people saying it's not going to happen. That's ridiculous. No way. You're going to end up in jail, all that stuff. Yeah. And it's just, you know, even just like, you know, speakers, they'll come and it's a, a big group of kids like so I, um, like going to a football camp or just sitting in an auditorium at school and just them saying, you know, we're going to be real with you guys. Five percent of you might go to college. Three percent of you might graduate from college. One percent of you are going to do this. And then there's, they give the other percentage of like 90 for 90 percent of you are going to end up in jail. And then, so it's just like, you know, you hear that growing up and it's just like I, I've witnessed friends and, you know, faces that, you know, names that, you know, but not really like close. And you see them accept that. And to me, that's just ridiculous that you have to grow up hearing these things and being in an environment where these things are so normal that you just accept it and you just live the way of life of San Bernardino. And so that's why I'm really passionate about trying to go back and make a big difference and make a change. And that's something I'm super, super passionate about. Because it's hard, you know, you think about just so many different things and anybody, whether you're in sports, entertainment, whatever, people say, oh, you can't do that. Oh, that's ridiculous. And it's like, and so were they right, though, the people in your school did 90% end up in jail? Or not um, really? I think they get they pull up some type of statistics. So it's kind of like a reality check when you look at the percentages. But when you're when I'm in a room full of kids my age and kids within, you know, two, three years of me, and we're all in, in, in this big room or all in this big space and there's hundreds of kids. Imagine if every single one of those kids went to college. Imagine if every single one of those kids graduated from college. That percentage that you just brought up, that whole fact sheet that you brought up, mm -hmm. that changes drastically. Right. And so you presenting that information and you pointing it and saying, I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to tell you your future. That already is 50% of the kids that we're in this room with gave in right. just from hearing that. Right. But if they came in and said the opposite, that 90% of you can go to college and 90% of you can make it. You, maybe that would put a different mindset on them. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of, I think, what fueled the way that I think now is because you can say, like, you can bring the facts and say, this is what has happened, but that doesn't mean it has to be you. You can right. change these numbers. You can be the difference. That's what kids need to hear. And growing right. up, I didn't hear enough of that. But wow. I was able to kind of use it as fuel. You know, we're all blessed. That's that's one thing, too. I think we're all blessed with gifts and you just have to find it, embrace it. And for me, you know, I was able to take that as fuel to prove people wrong and to prove my supporters right and make sure that, I, you know, I wasn't going to be another statistic. And so I think I, I want to just share that message so much. And so being blessed to be in the position that I am and with the platform that I have is something that I continue to try and do is just let people know that, you know, it is not about saying this is what you will be because this is how it is, but that you can be the difference and you can be the one to change the statistics and not be another one. I wonder what it is because, you know, it, you have a strength in you that gave you that voice to kind of play that. But it's like for that person that doesn't have that, it's like, how do you build that in yourself? I wonder, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and I think that's one of the harder things to do because, um, you know, there's always the voice in the back of your head. 
and everyone's voice is different. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's the negative voices, there's mm-hmm. the uneasy voices, there's the super positive voices, but you never know what's what voice is in the back of someone's head. And so for me, um, you know, I just say I'm blessed that I had the, the right voice in the back of my head that kind of helped me, guide me. Uh, but I think that there needs to be more out there for people to to see and to hear and to get something to pull from. Because like I said, you know, some people are playing tug of war with their life, mm-hmm. pulling in, in many different directions. And so um, that's kind of just to tie back into um, my brand. I am gifted. That's kind of what I wanted to end up being. That's kind of the, the visual that I have for it is hopefully it can grow to be something that's that positive energy, that, that other rope to pull someone that's just, you know, hanging on by the edge maybe, or someone that, you know, might not have their eyes open to something that maybe we can shed that light for them. It is a hard thing to kind of uh, think about. Like you never know. I'm Anne-Marie Kelly. Wild Precious Life is a podcast about dreaming big, digging in and connecting across distance, division, and loss. In each episode, I talk with prize-winning writers, musicians, and wanderers who remind all of us how we can make the most of the time we have. So meet me here. Let's walk and talk and dream and discover what it means to be wild, precious, and brave. And to bring up your line, I looked at it. I really, I love your t-shirts. I love the sweatshirt. I love all that you're doing. And it's, so give people a little bit of a background uh, about I Am Gifted. I read a little bit about it, so I kind of know, but I'd love you to describe a little bit more about that. Yeah, so it's, um, I started I Am Gifted uh, simply because I'm one of those people that's positive, that, you know, if something bad happens, it's not the worst thing that can happen. And I can take that and learn from it. And I can take that and um, use a problem solver mentality towards that. And so what I wanted to do is, um, you know, obviously I'm in a position where I want to have my own brand going, just my logo and things like that. But I wanted it to be more than just me, more than just my face on a shirt or just to, you know, just to have that. I wanted it to be more of a movement. So, um, you know, I used my initials and I was able to, come up with the phrase, I am gifted in the sense that everyone was born with a gift. And I want to encourage people to use it, to find it, embrace it, and use it to shed some light into this world. And at the end of the day, life is what you make of it. So what I want to do is pose a question, what are you going to do with it? And that, that I think will uh, be one of those mindsets where, what do I want to do with my life? And to hear someone tell me that I'm gifted, Okay, let me let me see. Let me find. Let me try this out. Let me try computers out. Let me try drawing. Let me try sports, you know, because you'll find your gift. And when you do, you'll be so much happier. And I know some people that may not think that they have one, but it could be the smallest of things. Um, That's kind of my message behind it. And it really did stem from uh, in college, my sophomore year, we ended up we played Washington State and the quarterback was Tyler Linsky. And sadly, uh, not too long after we played them that year, a few months later, I believe he ended up taking his life. And um, that's why I'm really passionate about mental health and suicide prevention and really 
combating that that stigma that you know we're big macho men and we don't have emotions or we're not capable of feeling negative feelings or thoughts mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know oftentimes even just a man not even a football player just a man has to live in this box of I can't show my emotions or I can't I don't have emotions and so how do people deal with that you know and mm-hmm. I think he found himself in a situation where he didn't know how to deal with that and um that just hit me heavy so um a part of my brand is just wanting to make sure that I can extend that message that there's a light inside of you and you just have to find the switch and flick it on and let it shine bright in the world. Wow. And so did you know him or you just played him in a game? Yeah, I didn't know him personally. It was, um, we just, I knew of him. Um, He's from California as well. And that game went into triple overtime. And I kind of use this to explain it. you know, when you play a game like that, you leave some emotion. You leave, you open up this door of emotions for there to be a connection, no matter what. You just, it just, you know, it's just you leave a lot out there on that field. And so I think that's kind of why it hit me so hard, even though I didn't know him personally. It's just, you know, we put a lot into that game and poured our hearts out on that field. So, yeah, I just kind of felt that that emotional connection, and uh, especially just being a, a a football player myself that has been through a rough time. Um, even going into that season, it was just back to back to back things that were just not going right in my life. And, and so I think that that all came full circle and just hit me real hard. When you say it wasn't going right in your life, what were some of the things? Um, so coming off of my freshman year, I ended up having uh, to get my labrum repaired and my shoulder. So I, I was coming off of surgery And I was going into my sophomore year where I was supposed to be the starting back. Mm -hmm. And so coming off of surgery that summer, uh, I started feeling better, started, you know, getting my range of motion back and I was on the right track. And that summer I lost a close friend of mine um, doing the right thing, getting getting back on track, Um, you know, and I had just been on the phone with him and his mom. I think it might have been a week before. he was killed. And that was, that was super hard for me. Um, um, yeah. And, and then right after that, I ended up hurting my foot in fall camp going into the season right around the same time. My car breaks down and I need a new transmission right around the same time. My parents are behind and I'm sending some of my stipend checks back to help them pay bills. And it's just like nonstop over and over again, stuff happening. And, you know, at that point, it it was one of those things I kept trying to do everything I could to make everything right. Yeah. And I was, I was breaking, I was just breaking down and, and it was just one of those things, like nothing I did worked. And I'm asking why, like, why me? Why is this happening? Um, And there's little things in between too, on top of all that, that's just like, come on. <laughs> and um, at that moment, I just let go and let God and I just prayed on it. And I just put it in his, his hands. Um, not that I just stopped trying, but right. I just emotionally uh, just let that weight off of me. And things just started to get better. And so it, 
it, it was one of those things that really hit me hard just because, you know, I was going through a rough time and it was just one of those things where I was at a point where I'm asking, why me? What do I do? And um, just to see someone give up um, and I think that's their only route. It's, it, it's hard for me because at that moment when I was like, why me? What do I do next? You know, there's so many different options, but the fact that, you know, someone across the table from me chose that option, you know, it's just like, I, I want to make sure that I can now use my platform to help um, all that I can to share my voice and um, share my passion about it and, and hopefully uh, change someone's life. It's hard because, you know, I was in a moment where, you know, there was options in front of me and, you know, I'm, I chose, you know, let go, let God and, and don't, don't let this eat you alive. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's some people out there that, you know, cope with things differently. There's different options on the table when you hit that wall mm-hmm. and, you know, you see it all the time, the alcohol, the drugs mm-hmm. and, and suicide and, and all of these things. And so that's why I want to uh, make sure that I let people know, like, you, th- there's someone that loves you. And if no mm. one has told you that today, I love you. Oh, and that's there, so sweet. There's, there's someone that loves you in this world and your life matters. So understand that that gift is inside of you and keep digging to find it. That's so important to be able to give people that um, that hope and that, you know, because I think a lot of people run into that where they kind of lose a little bit of that hope and a little bit of that, what they're going to do next or how they're going to get to the next thing. One of the things you said too, is like being a man, like, you know, especially as a football player, like you're tough, you're fine. That's the way men are made. Do you kind of break that barrier of not being like just the stoic, non-emotional football player? Um, Well, I I find myself not really showing a lot of emotions and I, I realized that over time, though, it's okay. You know, it's okay to feel emotions and, and feel um, strong feelings towards things. It's, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, even now today, like, I I still, if I'm in pain, if I'm, you know, going through a rough time, like, I, I, I know it still doesn't show. Um, that's just kind of how I am and who I am. But I do understand that there's a point where if there's hope, that need, like if you need help, there's nothing wrong with asking for it. And I'm at the point now where I understand that if, you know, I'm going through a rough time and someone asks me a question and they want to actually know how I'm doing, there's nothing wrong with talking to them and, and letting them know how you're doing. Because sometimes you always get the, how you doing? You're like, good. But really sometimes you're not. And it's fine. Just, you know, some people like to hear you out. Like, are you sure? Like Amir, um, just to give credit to Amir, he's, he's one of those human beings that's just super in tune with himself and in tune with his uh, emotions. And, you know, sometimes he'll catch me just, I, I, there's been a couple of times where he's like, you good today? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, just checking on, you know, I just felt, felt the, the spirits, felt your, your energy coming off a little, a little different today. So I want to make sure you're doing all right. You know, so things like that, you know, you oh, can that's appreciate cool. Yeah, that's just one of those things that I'm becoming more aware of. And I think being around him and being around guys like that, it's just, it helps me understand, like, someone cares about me and it's, there's nothing wrong with sharing and getting it off your chest. Right. You just told me about, like, how you got your shoulder and then your foot. I mean, what, uh, how hard is football on your body? 
Uh, it's, it's definitely not for everybody. <laughs> is there a lot of pain? I mean, is it, are you, you go through a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, some people will play and they won't go through, they won't ever have a surgery. Um, they probably barely ache or anything like that. But then there's the other people that, you know, maybe have seven surgeries or concussions and all that go, that goes down. So you really can't ever predict what's going to happen in the sport that we play. I've had three surgeries and I'm, I feel good now, but you know, it, it is hard on your body, you know, running around and, and running into people full speed. Full it's, speed. You're <laughs> jamming into people. Yeah, <laughs> I, I heard from a, a health professional one time that came to speak to us that it's basically simulating many car accidents every time that you line up to like, it's many like comparing the hits that we take. They did a study where they put like, tracers on on guys and and it's it's like mini car accidents like if you if a car hit another car that's probably how it feels yeah so at the end of a game you've basically put yourself through a car accident every sunday that you go out there and practice and play probably multiple car accidents right (laughs) oh my god i mean the impact right Mm-hmm. that you go through. Oh my God. But you're fine. You, you know, after you take so many hits, your body, you know, you, your body starts to adjust and, and, you know, doing it all my life. I think that it definitely has uh, helped like callus over some areas that are able to take more, more damage now, I right. guess. And you learn how to recover. You learn how to take care of your body too. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. I saw this really great interview um, with Viola Davis and she was talking about how she grew up so poor and it was like this mindset. I mean, she grew up with like rats in her house. It was just horrible, like so poor. How do you change your mind? Man, I think it has something to do with having my eyes open to a lot of different things now um, because I really didn't know you know, I've never had over a couple thousand dollars ever in my bank account. In college, mm-hmm. I was I was like, oh, snap, like, you know, I can save some money up and then, you know, I can help out my parents now and, and mm-hmm. things like that. But um, I think I think it's one of those things where, like, for me, I didn't really want to change my mindset because to me, I valued the small things like time with my family, um, all those different things. So now that I'm in a position where I'm able to have a house that we can actually have our own rooms in and, you know, I can, I can afford to have, you know, uh, organic stuff and, and things like that, you know, in the house. And it's like, it's a blessing, but at the same time, I'm still one of those people that will try and find a deal on, on things and, and live kind of the way that my parents kind of raised us that we can't really have everything that we want. You know, I couldn't have these toys that I wanted. I couldn't have the the bike that I wanted walking through the store. So I'm kind of frugal in that way. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) It's not a bad thing, I don't think. No, I think you you do it smart. And, you know, I think that's that's really important. Um, Getting into fashion, what would you describe your style as? That's a good question. I'll have to like post uh, one day, just post like all my pregame. I call it my pregame drip. I have to post like I have to post that one day. But when I when I look at it, I look at it in a way of like I try and make a statement sometimes. Like uh, you know, I'm, I'm in my own little zone of things I do. Like I have a, a pink suit that I wore. I have a, a green suit that I wore uh, with the money signs on the inside and, and some things like that. So 
I kind of try and make a statement a little bit. Where do you, do you have them custom made or do you like certain brands? Yeah, those were custom made ones. Because it's probably hard to fit always certain off the rack oh, yeah. stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. The reason I didn't have any suits coming into the league was because all of my slacks and stuff, they didn't fit past like six months. Like I would get oh, wow. maybe a little bit of more, like just a little bit of muscle mass difference between like the end of the season and the summer or something. And then my slacks, they don't fit right. So now <laughs> all of my suits are custom fit. So you have a, somebody that does custom for you to do different yeah, things. Like do the measurements and, and yeah, all that. yeah. And then you like bold colors, like you like statement stuff. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to get out my comfort zone and do that a little bit more, um, just because you know, why not? I, why I, not? I think I've been sheltered, you know, most of my life, so it's kind of like spread your wings a little bit. Yeah. One of my um, last questions before, if you're willing to play a game with me, it'll be a very fast game. But um, one thing that I wanted to ask you is, what's one thing that you haven't told anybody? that would help somebody else? You know, if you said it, it would probably help somebody. Hmm. One thing I probably, uh, I'm giving away a little bit of a secret here. Not, not too much of a secret, but, you know, something I, I wrote, I used to write on my mirror in college. I used to write little phrases or, or things like that. And so I have a whiteboard in my room. And what something I have on there is time waits for no one and neither does greatness. So keep chasing greatness. And so if there's anyone out there listening that's chasing greatness, don't stop because time doesn't wait for anybody and neither does greatness. I like that. You're full of wisdom, Alex. I love <laughs> I appreciate it. it. I appreciate yeah. It. Okay. So I'm going to end with, are you willing to, I, I told them I was going to play a little, a game with you where you can ask me five questions about football, which I don't know anything about. And I'm going to ask you five questions about fashion. And I want to see, okay. are you willing to play? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Let's do it real quick. Um, should I start or do you want to start? Um, I'll start. Okay. Start. Let's see. <laughs> it's not going to be good. I'm just warning you. Who's the starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings? Oh, come on. Starting quarterback. Um, I don't know. <laughs> you can ask me terms too about the game. I'll, I'll try okay. to tell you what that is too. I just, but starting I just thought maybe you, 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 you might've saw Kirk Cousins. <laughs> oh, Kirk Cousins. No, Yeah. I'm so bad. Okay. Okay. Next. We got to keep moving. Um, <laughs> You can ask me anything, what? any any specifics about a game. Okay, let's see. What is this? What does this mean? That means stop. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that means one. Okay, so people that aren't uh, that are listening and can't see the video, you have to look at the video. But he put my, his hands my, up like this. What my is hands that? Are up over my head. What is that? Stop. No, that's it, one. No, no it, it's either a touchdown or the field goal is good. Oh, so the field goal. What's it's the difference? How do you know the difference? Um, do you know what you know what a field goal is? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of your see, I'm a huge football fan, can you tell? I know everything. It's when they kick it through the uprights. When they kick it through the Oh boy. Oh, yeah. that's another conversation. The uprights. Oh, I don't know man. anything about that. Okay, give me another one. <laughs> All right. Um let's see. What colors do the referees wear? Black and white. Okay. Okay. That's good, right? Uh, yeah. That, I mean, yeah, because they do it at Foot Locker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <okay. laughs> 
<laughs> I go to Foot Locker, so I know. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, and the last one, last one. All right. Okay. What color? What colors are the? Let me pick a team that's not too easy for you. What color are the Arizona Cardinals? Uh, red and white. That was too easy, huh? Yeah. Was it? Yay! <laughs> See, I got claps. Yay! <laughs> I have sound effects. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So you did great questions. I'm gonna. Can I ask you some fashion questions? Yeah. You're probably gonna get these. If you don't, it's no big deal. Okay. Do you know <laughs> what a, a peplum is? Have you heard of mm. peplum? No. <laughs> no. So a peplum is like this thing that in a woman's jacket, it kind of flutes out over the waist. So it kind of, it's like a, a band and then a little, almost like a little ruffle or something that comes off the waist. That's hard. That's hard. I mean, like how would you know peplum? Dresses? Yeah, kind of in a way or like a jacket. It's ruffled or flared a little bit. Uh, um yeah, I've probably seen it before, but I would have never known the term. I'm going to give you an easy one because you gave me the referee and I go to Foot Locker. So <laughs> um, how about um, what is um, uh, a pleat? Oh, man. Is that like the area right here or something? Does no, a pleat. I've got pleats on my pants. Is it something on the side or is it something with the... Where you, uh, they don't do it as much anymore, but they're like little creases in the front. They're your pleats, like old school. They don't do that as much, you know, in the front of your pants. Yeah, Did, I, know what, I know what you're talking about. You know about. what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, they told me the same thing. They don't do them anymore. <laughs> like that. They don't do them anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, I'll give you another easy one. What's a hem? I'm going to hem something. The hem on, see, I know the hem on a jacket. Is it, yeah. or is the hem your pants? Both. Is it like the the side? No, you're going to take it up from the bottom. So if your pants are too long, you're going to hem it. You're going to bring it up. I said the side. I'm, yeah. I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you a clap. <laughs> okay. Um, this might be hard, though, Alex. This might be hard. Have you heard of um, ruching? Mm, I feel like I've heard the term. That's tough. That's... Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, the ruching in her dress really accented her her flat stomach. Uh, no. <laughs> so that's a hard one. I'm giving you a hard one. That wasn't like uh, you know ruching. It's like this fullness or gathered. So they'll do like ruching in the middle, and sometimes it makes like on a woman's dress or something, it makes it look like um, flatter. It's kind of a fullness. Uh, so it, all, it gathers, like think of gathering okay. all in one area. It's called like ruching. Oh, we've got so many things to talk about, Alex. Good Lord. <laughs> well, thank you for playing my game. I got to teach you some football. And you got to teach me some fashion. <laughs> Good Lord. You got to tell me about the kick. What is that? The kick? The, the upright. The upright. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I know nothing about all of that. Well, Alex, thank you so much for coming and joining. You know, if you want to check out Alex's collection, it's at criticclothing.com, right, Alex? Yeah. So that's where anybody can buy it and check it out. I love those T-shirts. I like the colors you're doing. You. It's really cool. I appreciate that. Thank well, you. Alex, we have taken all your time. Thank you so much for coming. Check him out on all the things. If you love sports, just like I love sports, <laughs> <laughs> you'll want to watch him every single week. Um, so glad you took the time. And thanks for really, truly, I love all your inspirational 
things that you said. And I love what you said about mental health and um, in really bringing awareness to that. I think it's so, so important right now. And I love that you give a voice to men and to be able to say, you know what, it's worth it. You know, you're worth it. Go out there and get help or talk to people if you've got something to say. I, I think that's brilliant. So I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much, Alex. Talk to you later. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Cat's Walk. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to executive producer Gerardo Orlando, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Dave Douglas. Hey there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.